How many of you have had a hard time getting into the Christmas spirit this year? It's been tough. Sharon and I were talking about that last night because we both had our bout with COVID. We haven't done any decorating. We haven't bought any gifts. It's just a little weird, and I think this year has been difficult for all of us. I know it has. There is a heaviness that uh, is just there. I was thinking as we were worshiping together, singing together this morning, how many we have lost this year. Not just to COVID, but to other things. And we have had to sacrifice freedoms. We look out into the world and we see a world, particularly our own nation, that is tremendously unsettled. We don't know what the future holds for us. It's interesting to me that the story of Christmas is a story that is told in the darkness, out of darkness. If you read the Gospel of Luke, there are so many times that he mentions the darkness. And we get that sense and we remember at Christmas time the long, difficult time of Israel's waiting for the Messiah in a time that is often characterized as darkness, heaviness, the heaviness of oppression, the heaviness of unfulfilled hopes. And perhaps this year we can understand that heaviness that Israel felt in a way that we haven't in the past. And as difficult as it has been, perhaps it can open our eyes to the hope that is the answer to our heaviness. Jesus said, I've come to to the sick. I've come to those who know their need for me. And sometimes in the midst of prosperity, in the midst of the fullness of life and the hustle and bustle, we don't recognize our need, perhaps in the way that we have come to recognize it this year. So I'm going to do something a little different than I usually do when I get up to preach. I'm going to invite you to join me in the streets of Jerusalem on a journey that begins in darkness. It was still dark as a withered old man made his way through the streets of Jerusalem in the early morning hours. He needed no light. He knew the way. It had been his daily ritual for how long he had forgotten to walk the streets in the darkness leaving his home well before dawn and returning after the sun had set. He had become accustomed to the darkness and the silence of the empty streets. He could think and pray. His daughter-in-law had pleaded with him more times than she could remember, Abba, you need to slow down. You are not as young as you used to be. Surely there would be no shame in sleeping a little longer. But she knew the look, not anger or impatience, 
just quiet determination, he would not be dissuaded from his sacred habit. So instead, he carried the bundle she laid out for him each night before retiring to her bed. A loaf of bread, a flask of oil, some salt fish, and a few figs. Sustenance for the day. Bundle in hand, he made his way, the leather of his sandals scraping out a familiar rhythm on the cobblestones that fell into sync with his breathing. After some time, the way turned upward and his pace slowed. His arthritic knees felt each step as they lifted his body against the pull of gravity, up and up one painful step at a time. As he pushed his tired body forward in the darkness, his thoughts often turned to the years of weariness his people had endured. It had been almost 600 years since the great city of David had been razed to the ground by the ruthless armies of Babylon. And though his ancestors had returned from exile and the ruins were slowly restored to a bustling city full of noise and life. A heavy silence remained. As the years gave way to decades, and the decades gave way to centuries. His lips moved with the mingled prayers of the psalmist. How long, O Lord, Will you hide your face from us? Will you be silent forever? Why are you so far from saving us, so far from the words of our groaning? We cry out day and night, but you do not answer. How was it the prophet Isaiah had put it? Hard labor? It certainly was that. With every painful step he took, he felt the weariness of his people. The voices of the prophets had grown silent for centuries, and the boot of Roman oppression pressed heavy upon their necks. How long, O Lord, how long? Even their king was no king. He was nothing more than a Roman puppet with illusions of grandeur. Yes, he had restored the temple to its ancient glory. But he was no son of David. And he certainly was no man of God. On the contrary, his greed for power had driven him mad with paranoia. He had even murdered his own sons. How long, O Lord? How long? So what was it that spurred him to his daily ritual? This daily labor of reliving the suffering of his people. For years now, he had sensed a stirring in his soul. When it first began, he had dismissed it as a prideful fantasy. What hidden arrogance made him think that he should be so special. 
No doubt many men and women through the centuries had entertained the thought who now lay silent in their graves. But as the months had gone by, the stirring had persisted until it had become such a consuming theme in his heart, he could hardly think of anything else. You will not die until you have seen the Lord's anointed, until you look upon the Messiah with your own eyes. Could that be the voice of God? Could it be possible it was actually the Spirit and not His own pride that was burning that thought into His consciousness? God knows in the beginning He had chastened Himself many times and repented of His pride time and again. But still the thought persisted until it became the background rhythm of His soul. At prayer, you will not die until you have seen the Lord's anointed. As he worked, the words fell into sync with the click-clack of his weaver's loom. You will not die until you have seen the Lord's anointed. And it became his last thought as he drifted off to sleep. You will not die until... You have seen. Eventually, his self-doubt had given way to a growing confidence. It must be the voice of the Spirit. And so it began. His daily journey to the temple to pray and wait. For what? He was not sure. But that was the place he should be. He was sure of that. At least. But the years had gone by, and now he was an old man. All those years, he had told no one of his daily purpose. Not even his children, who could possibly understand. He simply told them, I'm going to pray. And it was a prayer, like breathing in. And breathing out, reliving his people's weariness as he climbed Mount Zion in the darkness of the early morning. Inhale. Feeling their unfulfilled hopes as he made his way home through silent streets each night. Exhale. How long, O Lord? How long? He reached the top of the temple mount, Mount Zion. And there it stood like an old friend, the dwelling place of God. Another psalm passed quietly from his lips as he straightened his bent body and his legs felt the relief of the end of the climb. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My soul yearns, even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart And my flesh cry out for the living God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. The sun was coming up now, cresting the ridge of the Mount of Olives. 
An attendant nodded a greeting as he silently made his way through the court of the women, up the steps, and passed through Nicanor's gate. They knew him well. He was the first to arrive and the last to leave. He took up his usual spot where he could observe the comings and goings of the day, and he began to pray. Breathe in, breathe out. I am here, Lord. Son of David, visit your people. Hoshina, save us now. Hoshina. As the hours passed, the temple courts filled with people and bustled with activity. Men gathered in circles to discuss the finer points of the law. Others stood or knelt in prayer. A line formed of people waiting their turn to bring their sacrifices to the priests, that they may be offered on the altar of the Lord. The wealthy brought lambs, which contributed to the din and incessant bleeding. The poor brought doves in pairs. Then he heard it, the cry of an infant. He had heard such cries many thousands of times through the years as husbands and wives brought their firstborn sons at six weeks old to consecrate them to the Lord as the law of Moses prescribed. This cry was no different from those. It was a cry like any other infant's cry. And yet, there it was again. And there was no mistake His soul responded from deep within him as though answering an ancient call, a voice he had not heard in living memory. And yet it awakened in him a prenatal memory. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. A cry, yes, just an infant's cry. But in that cry, he heard the voice of his creator. Deep, calling unto deep. He rose, trembling, and weaving through the crowds, made his way toward the sound, and then he saw them. A young mother, little more than a girl, and a man clearly older than her, with workmen's hands. It was clear from their clothes and their offering that they were poor, A rough piece of cloth had been fashioned into a pouch which hung from her slender shoulders. Inside the pouch, the source of the cries squirmed against his mother's chest. As he approached, they noticed him. Time seemed to stand still as he wordlessly held out his hands to to her. Tears 
streaking his wizened cheeks. She gazed at him for a moment in silence. And then a look of understanding softened her face. She silently wrestled the squirming child from his nest and handed him to the old man. He took him in his hands, lifted him up, arms outstretched, and looked into his brown eyes. The child grew silent and still, his mouth opened in a toothless smile. How long he looked into those eyes, afterward he could not say. Deep, calling to deep. In time he became aware that the infant had grown restless again. What will you name him? Jesus. Of course. Yeshua. Yahweh saves. When next he spoke, he was aware that the words which passed his lips were not his own. The same voice that had spoken the promise those many years, you will not die until you have seen the Lord's anointed, now spoke new words. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. He carefully returned the child to its mother. As she reinserted him into his pouch, a shadow came across the old man's face. Again, he spoke words that were not his own. This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. The young mother glanced at her husband with questioning eyes. The old man's words troubled her, as of course they would. She knew her son was the long-awaited Messiah whom God had sent to save his people. How would it be then that the hope they had so long been waiting for would be accompanied by such pain and rejection. Simeon made his way home through familiar streets, but they seemed completely new. It had been years since he had traveled them in the daytime. The city bustled along around him, completely oblivious of the visitation they had received. They shall call his name Emmanuel, Isaiah had said. God with us. He became aware of the sun's radiance filling the world with color all around him. Again, the words of the prophet came to his mind. 
the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. As he lay down to sleep that night, the old familiar rhythm returned. Breathe in, breathe out. But with new words, my eyes have seen your salvation. Dismiss your servant in peace. My eyes have seen your salvation. Dismiss your servant. In time, he drifted off to sleep. He did not wake up. Darkness. People walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. That's you and I, isn't it? A light has dawned. May the grace and peace of Christ be with you. And may you live and walk in the light. Merry Christmas.